This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I am your host, Ben Krakowski, and on Saturday, the Browns came to Lambeau Field in a dramatic fashion, just like I had predicted. I knew this was a Cleveland Browns team that, even though it was limited, had the personnel to upset the Packers, and they almost just did that with a final score of 24-22. The Packers squeaked out a win on Christmas Day. Ideally, the Packers would have been able to blow this team out of the water, but that did not happen on Saturday, and let's break down why. First of all, and most importantly, kind of expected this, but the Packers could not stop the Browns' rushing attack in this game. The Browns ran the ball 25 times in this game and averaged almost nine yards per carry. That would be one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL just by running the football, and the Packers are just lucky the Browns chose not to run the football any more than that because had they done that, the Packers most likely would have lost this game. Although Devondre Campbell is a phenomenal tackler in the middle of our defense, he is not enough on his own. And as a team, there really wasn't any players who were who would step up as run defenders in this game for the Packers. The Packers' inability to stop physical rushing attacks like the Ravens last week and now the Browns this most previously now in back-to-back weeks shows a huge glaring hole in our defense and it's scary to say the least teams are going to begin keying in on this for the Packers and start to continue to have success moving the ball on our defense and as I look at the teams the Packers could face in the playoffs I don't think the Packers are playing well enough right now to stop teams who are going to do this, who can run the football and will choose to run the football if that's a weakness for the opposing team, like the Minnesota Vikings. If Delvin Cook is healthy, who we're playing just next week, the Vikings are a team who could run the football all over the Packers, and the Packers would not have an answer for that. Like the 49ers, like the Eagles, those three teams, those really stand out to me in the NFC as teams. The Packers maybe would not even stand a chance against because our defense would not be able to get a stop because we have no ability to stop the running game of opposing teams. And even teams like the Cowboys or the Rams, these are teams who want to run the football at a high percentage if they thought that was the best way to beat the Packers. And both of these teams right now are running the football really well. So currently this Packers defense even though it only allowed 22 points in this game on Saturday, it's not doing enough for me to make me feel comfortable with our ability to make it to a Super Bowl because it wasn't just our rushing defense, but it was our pass defense as well. Yes, we picked off Baker Mayfield four times in this game. That was that was amazing. That was impressive. But this Packers coverage unit really wasn't very good. 
Throughout this game, we saw our corners playing very, very soft coverage and giving up 5 to 10 yards on almost every single passing play. And we just watched the Browns move up and down the field on this Packers defense pretty much constantly throughout the game. The Packers played soft coverage constantly, and it was just so frustrating to watch. I just felt like there was way too many times in this game that it would be a third and four or a fourth down or whatever. And the offense, the Browns, would throw a six-yard pass for a first down. And that happened time and time again. And we saw our, our cornerbacks starting at or behind the first down marker and making this so easy for the receiver to do a little uh, slant, a little in route, whatever it was. Um, And they're going to get a first down every single time when you play such off coverage, when you're not being aggressive, when you're not being that physical up to the line of scrimmage and you give them that much space to work with. That's like these receivers basically were playing out of the slot every single play because of the way our cornerback set up before the snap had even begun. Luckily for the Packers, Baker Mayfield gave this game away by being way more aggressive than he should have been. And because of that, because Baker Mayfield was so aggressive, because he threw four interceptions in this game, the Packers were able to score, luckily. The Packers scored a total of four times in this game, and three were touchdowns, and all three of those touchdown drives were after Baker Mayfield interceptions. I have no idea why, but the Packers had zero ability to drive the whole length of the field for a touchdown in this game without the momentum of intercepting Baker Mayfield. The Packers only scored three points in the entire second half and also, again, started this game slow on offense with a punt on the very first drive. This offense, we talked about this before the game, I was worried about. Rodgers has lost several weapons now that were going to be key players for him at the start of the year and started with losing Robert Tunyon. Yeah, not a big deal. One guy that isn't Devonta Adams doesn't make or break your season. But when you add another guy to that list to that list in Randall Cobb, okay, we have to start to think differently. We have to really prepare ourselves to be able to put up points and move the football. But when the Packers were without now three important pieces of our offense on Saturday with Marquez Valdez scaling out, that to me is what I thought would begin to be just too much for the Packers offensively to overcome. And we saw that in this game. We saw an offense that punted on five offensive drives in this game, punted three times in a row in the second half, a total of 11 plays on those three drives, which allowed the Browns to get back in this game. Our offense has to be more efficient than this, or we are going to get knocked out of the playoffs against the first team we face up against, no matter who it is. And you might say, well, David Bakhtiari's come back soon, and that and that's going to be a big boost for this offense. I think we are now at a point in this season because where David Bakhtiari has now had three separate setbacks that he he may not come back. And we I think we have to prepare as if he is not coming back. This guy might have had some complications that are going to keep him out uh, all the way until next season. That just might be our rea- reality because David Bakhtiari right now is practicing in a limited fashion for a week and then not practicing literally at all. He's not getting better, and I don't think we can expect him to. And if that's the case... How efficient can this Packers offense be? 
Luckily for the Packers, MVS is not a long-term injury by any means. He was a COVID guy this last week. He should be back for next week's game. And so this will help big time. But our offense should be able to get by against a team with a couple corners, a safety, and a top edge rusher not playing in this game, which is what the Browns had. They were... They did not have two of their top corners. They did not have their top safety. And they did not have one of their top edge rushers. And yet, our offense was pretty inefficient throughout this game. If there was something the Packers did do well in this game, it was force Baker Mayfield to make great throws down the field, which he made the easy throws throughout this game, those those five, 10 yards completions. But when Baker Mayfield went deep down the field, that's when he got in trouble and got picked off four times in this game. I think what our defense has been doing well is not blitzing and being and trying to get pressure with four guys and dropping seven guys back in zone coverage, covering up pretty much every inch of the grass on the field. Because when the Packers did not blitz, they had three of their four interceptions. And the Packers can do that because they have a fairly talented group of pass rushers that can continue to come through for them. Our top four guys combined for 19 pressures on their own in this game, which was huge. We pressured Mayfield on 33.3% of his dropbacks, which isn't crazy high by any means, but continue to be 30-plus percentage is is big. Uh, I love that about this defense. Um, but there are times when, when our secondary, I think, needs to set itself up differently even before the snap so we aren't just getting slants and other in-breaking routes happening right in front of our face for five to eight yards a pop okay we talked about that earlier but before the snap we are getting beat okay we are and that needs to be addressed that needs to be fixed because if the first down marker is five yards away and you're a cornerback playing six seven eight yards away you don't stand a chance okay every quarterback in the nfl is going to hot route that guy hey just run a slant Hey, just running in. Hey, just running out because that's, I can catch that four yards. I'm going to fall forward for one yard first down every single time. We got to change this. We got to fix this in our Joe Barry, who has done a good job with the cards he's been dealt this season. He's continuing to give our guys opportunities to cause turnovers. And that's pretty much all you can ask for from a defensive coordinator Yet, there are little things here to address, and hopefully he can address those moving forward. Another thing the Packers team did do well in this game, though, was scheme to get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands quickly in this game. And our receivers, not only scheme, but our receivers winning quick. Okay, Aaron Rodgers' average time to throw in this game took just 2.26 seconds. The Packers made sure to design plays where he was playing in rhythm, and he was able to get rid of the football right when he hit his back foot. This type of game style is essential in keeping Rodgers safe as he was just pressured on 26.5% of his dropbacks, which is not very much at all. Rodgers obviously played very well in this game again, came out of this game big in the history books on his first touchdown pass to Alan Lazard on a great second effort by Alan Lazard. Rodgers surpassed Brett Favre for the most touchdowns by a Packers quarterback ever. It was a very special day and a special moment for sure. And as I think about Rodgers' record, I think the most amazing part and what was clear again in this game was the fact of how incredibly Aaron Rodgers has incredible Aaron Rodgers has been at still being a touchdown machine like Brett Favre was, yet not putting the ball in harm's way. 
In this game, Rodgers did not have a turnover-worthy throw. He leads the NFL in touchdown-to-interception ratio. There is not a quarterback in NFL history who even comes close in that regard. Over the last two seasons, now Aaron Rodgers has thrown 81 touchdowns to just nine interceptions. That's an absurd 9-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Rodgers is ensuring we do not lose games because the offense is is never turning the ball over. And we saw that again in this game on Saturday because had the Packers had a turnover on offense in this game, I don't think we would have won that game. On the season, the Packers offense has the least giveaways per game. Or actually, the whole Packers team has the least giveaways per game, even with our special teams duds we have had throughout the season. And if you take that just to our offense into account, no team in the NFL averages fewer interceptions per game than the Packers do. We average just 03 per game. Those are huge game-changing plays and games you should win when you're not the ones throwing interceptions, okay? Turnovers are huge. Ask the Cleveland Browns, okay? They had four of them on Saturday. If they didn't turn the ball over maybe two less times, uh, they probably come out of this game with a win and they still have high hopes for the playoffs, And so that's what the Packers have been doing well, is they are taking care of the football. The Packers also were very efficient running the ball in this game. When Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon ran the football, the Packers averaged over five yards per carry. Uh, And both of these guys were very shifty, creating a lot of yards, extra yards for themselves, which was great to see. I do have to mention Al Nazard and Aaron Jones stepping up as they both were a huge part of the passing game on, on Saturday was huge. Devonta Adams, even though he had two drops in this game, one that was a perfect throw by Aaron Rodgers that would have probably sealed this game and not forced the Packers to have to get the interception at the end. Adams also played very well. He picked up two touchdowns, and with those two touchdowns, Adams also broke a record with Aaron Rodgers to have the most touchdowns together as a pair, breaking Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson's record together, which is very impressive to say the least because those two were on a level that seemed as if never could be surpassed, yet Adams and Rodgers were able to do that. And Rodgers said he doesn't think he's ever played with a better player than Devontae Adams before uh, giving him a lot of respect for the receiver he has become. Adams also in this game recorded his eighth career game with at least 10 receptions, 100 receiving yards, and multiple reception touchdowns, which is the most ever in NFL history. He was tied with Antonio Brown, and now he's broken that record uh, to be the only receiver to ever do that in NFL history. So the Packers, even though we have won the last two games by just a total of three points, the Packers, they did win. And the, the Packers do still have a one-game lead in the NFC for the number one seed, even though, the, even though they don't feel like the best team in the NFC right now. Other top teams in the NFC are continuing to stay close. On Sunday, the Bucks won big, the Rams won. Most importantly, though, the Cowboys won big. And this Cowboys team is legit. And something I didn't actually fully understand until I sent out my last podcast is that the Cowboys are the biggest threats to the Packers getting the number one seed right now. And here's why. If the Packers lose a game and the Cowboys and any other combination of teams, including just the Cowboys, uh, win out, the Packers will be tied for the number one seed. And because the Packers have not faced off against the Cowboys, there's no head-to-head tiebreaker. 
But what it would revert to is our NFC winning percentage. And the Cowboys right now have lost just one NFC game while the Packers have lost two, giving which would give the Cowboys the edge to win the number one seed. And so that really means for the Packers, each and every game is going to matter moving forward, even in week 18 against the Lions, the way the Cowboys are currently playing right now. The Packers got to win out and it's not going to be easy. The Lions are twice as good of a football team as of late, and the Vikings seem to have the Packers' numbers and have the ability to run the football, which is a problem for the Packers. And uh, Delvin Cook should be back for that game coming off COVID protocol before next Sunday. So the next two weeks will not be easy to win out, especially the way the Packers have been playing the last two weeks. And on top of that, if we lose this chance at the number one seed, and the Packers get the number two seed, we are almost guaranteed to play a team like the Eagles, like the Vikings or the 49ers or the Saints, all of which are going to run the football all over the Packers, and the Packers could get knocked out of the playoffs in round one if we were to get a matchup like that. The Packers need this number one seed. I mean need it. We need as much time as we can get to get a few of these guys back we are hopeful to have, like David Bakhtiari, Billy Turner, Josh Myers, Randall Cobb, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith. One more week, that bye week, could be enough time to get one, two, or even three of these guys back to give the Packers the boost they need to get to the Super Bowl. But that will not be easy to get to get that number one seed. We've seen COVID has been spreading through the NFL like wildfire. And now on Monday, the Packers have now placed 10 players on their COVID list. We had five added on Monday, all five of which played in Saturday's game. So I'm going to assume more guys will be added to that list soon. So that's something to watch out for, and it's going to be difficult because the Packers, they do face up against the Minnesota Vikings this Saturday or Sunday, uh, and the Vikings are a team who need to win out if they want to make the playoffs, and every game is going to matter to them. And this is a Vikings team, Mike Zimmer, who knows Aaron Rodgers, who knows the Packers so, so well. The Vikings have already beat the Packers this year once, and so this is going to be a huge game on Sunday. And we're going to have to win to get that by. And the Packers are going to have to turn around, start this turnaround right now. We need to start playing a full game on both offense and defense and address the problems we have been having in order to ensure the Packers get that number one seed. And luckily for the Packers, though, it is under their control. Because as good as the Cowboys could play and they could win out, 56 to 16 like they did on Sunday as long as the Packers do their job and win the next two games it will be the Packers who win the NFC have the number one seed and no one will be able to take it so that's all we have today folks make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers now if you haven't already make sure to subscribe give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because It's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.